Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just What we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. This is the California Report. Good morning. I'm Lily Jamali. When it comes to extending the pandemic-related eviction moratorium, two local governments aren't waiting for legislators in Sacramento to act. The L.A. County Board of Supervisors unanimously passed a measure yesterday to extend the local eviction moratorium through September 30th. Here's Supervisor Sheila Kuehl. We've agreed from the beginning that no one should be made homeless by this crisis if, if there's a way that we can help. And this board has taken some pretty bold action over the past 15 months to adopt, expand, and extend protections to protect our most vulnerable residents. Supervisors have vowed to help both renters and landlords in L.A. County with rental relief since the state's financial assistance program has struggled in its initial rollout. Meanwhile, in San Francisco, the Board of Supervisors there has voted to extend its city eviction moratorium through the end of the year. The statewide moratorium expires at the end of this month, although Governor Gavin Newsom has signaled that he'd like to extend it beyond then. The L.A. Police Commission has requested the LAPD report back to it on the possibility of a COVID-19 vaccination mandate for its officers. This comes after an L.A. Times report found that only about half of the department has received at least one shot of the COVID-19 vaccine. One commissioner said the low rate of vaccination among officers, combined with the fact that not all of them wear masks while on duty, could endanger the safety of the public. LAPD Chief Michael Moore told the police commission that he's been in touch with the city attorney's office and has been told that mandating that officers get vaccinated is, quote, beyond our reach at this point legally. The city attorney's office says any advice it's given to Moore is confidential. For years, the Justice Department has defended the Trump administration's decision to end humanitarian protections for an estimated 55,000 immigrants living here in California. And it's continued under President Joe Biden, who as a candidate pledged to protect what's called temporary protected status. But as KQED's Farida Javala Romero reports, that may be changing. In 2018, a teenager from the Bay Area became lead plaintiff in a lawsuit that blocked the Trump administration from potentially deporting her mom and hundreds of thousands of immigrants nationwide. And until recently, the U.S. Department of Justice kept arguing in court for the government to end 
Temporary Protected Status, or TPS, for most holders. But now, lawyers for the DOJ and plaintiffs have asked the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals in Pasadena to put a hold on the case and allow them to try to reach a settlement. I think what it signals is that the Biden administration may no longer be interested in defending the Trump-era TPS terminations. Lead counsel Ahilan Arulanantham co-directs the Center for Immigration Law and Policy at UCLA. Which, if true, would be very, very good news for about 400,000 people. A spokesman for the DOJ declined to comment. For the California Report, I'm Farida Javala Romero. California lawmakers, their staffs, and the general public will still be required to wear face coverings in certain parts of the state capitol in Sacramento, regardless of whether they're vaccinated. The Sacramento Bee reports that everyone will be required to wear masks in common areas. Those who remain unvaccinated cannot remove their masks unless they're alone in a room or while eating and spaced apart from others. They'll have to take weekly COVID tests and provide a negative result to enter the capitol building. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. In 2019, on Governor Gavin Newsom's first full day in office, he declared war on wildfires. I hear you. I get it. Uh, We need to do more and do better. Uh, These last two years have been devastating. With that announcement, Newsom signed a sweeping executive order that he said would overhaul the state's approach to wildfire prevention. But did it? Reporter Scott Rod from our partner station Cap Radio in Sacramento joins us now with an update on that. Good morning to you, Scott. Good morning, Lily. And Scott, you've been investigating, and what you've been learning is disturbing. You found that after an initial spike, the state is actually doing less wildfire prevention work under Governor Newsom than under his predecessor. Talk about what you found. That's right. Our investigation found that in 2020, the worst fire season in California history, wildfire prevention work dropped by half of what was done the previous year. And at the same time, Newsom had cut funding for wildfire prevention in the budget by over $100 million. And it's worth noting that was before COVID-19 hit. This year through Memorial Day, we also found that the state remains below its goal for fire prevention work. Newsom didn't talk to us for the story, but we did talk to Cal Fire Chief Tom Porter. Here's what he had to say. It's not something that I'm comfortable with. It is something that that I am working to reconcile and to um, uh, correct for the future. But we had an exceptional fire year. Everybody knows that. The environment to do this kind of work uh, has been very challenging and has hampered our ability to get the acres that we do have planned for, 
but we haven't been able to put the attention to. And you know, fire experts I spoke to said that there's some credence to that. It was an extraordinary fire season, COVID-19 complicated things, but it also shows just how fragile the prevention infrastructure in California is and the need to strengthen it. Because at the end of the day, fire doesn't take a break because of a pandemic or because the state's experiencing a different emergency. Yeah, and it sounds like what Chief Porter is saying there is that they did less wildfire prevention work because they had so many wildfires last year and that those fires blocked Cal Fire from doing that wildfire prevention work. That is a concerning precedent. You know, over the last year or two, we've heard Governor Newsom again and again boast about these wildfire prevention projects that CAL FIRE had supposedly completed across the state. What has happened with those? When Newsom first entered office, he asked CAL FIRE to give him recommendations on how the state could get its arms around the wildfire problem. CAL FIRE came back and they recommended dozens of fire prevention projects that would help protect some of the most vulnerable communities in California. Those projects at first represented about 90,000 acres that were going to be treated. Through our data review and uh, records polling, we found that they had only completed about 12,000 of those acres. But nevertheless, Newsom claimed that the state had treated the full 90,000 acres. And that's important because it signals to those communities that they're being kept safe by this prevention work, again, in areas that are very susceptible to wildfires. Well, it's remarkable to hear that difference, 12,000 acres completed versus 90,000 acres touted. It's hard to process how the governor could be, you know, touting those numbers when they're so far from reality. You've been talking to fire survivors about this. What's been their reaction? One person in particular, Mitch McKenzie, who has experienced quite a bit with wildfires in recent years. He lost his home to the Tubbs Fire in 2017 and had about a a third of his inventory at his wine business uh, essentially ruined by fire and smoke last year. He told me that he felt like he was being deceived by what Newsom had told the public. When a politician can make a statement that he's treated um, 100% of a certain area that he lays out, and then the truth comes out that he's only treated 10% of it. I think that with the kind of fires and the fire danger that we're in in this area, that's quite shocking. Mitch McKenzie there, a 2017 wildfire victim weighing in as we come off the worst fire season on record and as we brace for the year ahead. Cap Radio, Scott Rod, thank you so much for this reporting. Thank you. And Scott's story is online now at capradio.org. I've also posted it on Twitter. I am at Lily Jamali. And that is the California Report for this Wednesday, June 23rd. We are a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Lily Jamali. Thank you for listening. Support for the California Report comes from SF MoMA, presenting the exclusive U.S. exhibition of Nam June Peck, a visionary global artist who bridged art, music, performance, and technology. Learn more at sfmoma.org. Eric and Wendy Schmidt, through the Schmidt Family Foundation, working together to create a just world where all people have access to renewable energy, clean air and water, and healthy food, on the web at theschmidt.org. And Blue Shield of California, rebuilding the future of health care with every Californian in mind, from quality and equitable care to not-for-profit values. Learn more at news.blueshieldca.com. 
Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts.